Bet Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. Broadcasting the very best in pro wrestling commentary since 2000. You are listening to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. Brie Bella is the most dangerous woman. It's not fucking ring rust. She never was that good. It's funny when people say, well, she's like the Marty Jannetty. Marty Jannetty not a work. So when she says we listen to our audience, for every time that you listen, there's 10 times you ignore. It's, it's, it's an appropriate. Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Amazing, says some guy. These men have changed broadcasting forever. The Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. Oh yeah, you know, just uh, oh, no, I can't afford Skype. I don't know, the, the, the baseball analogy. Oh, the, uh, yeah, come on, I just think uh, with Yaki Kai, I don't speak Japan, and you f***ing people. Oh yeah, you know, just uh, f*** you, DT. Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner, and, uh, yeah, uh, 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than anything else. <laughs> DonTony.com November 5th, 2018, welcome to this edition of the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. I am Don, Tony, and he is Kevin Castle. What's going on? What's up? I, I just want to apologize. I thought Bob Fresco was going to be filling in for me tonight, but it just, I couldn't make it work out. Ah, okay. All right. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, shout out to one of our friends of the show, Bob O'Mac. Not only was it his birthday last couple of days, but he also got engaged. Oh, he did? Oh. Yeah, yeah, she said Bob. yes, and that is awesome. All right, congrats to both yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, for those that aren't aware by now, there is a recap of the Saudi Arabia crown jewel. Uh, I did it Friday afternoon. You were working, and mm-hmm. um, I figured before we get into anything maybe spend a minute or two i I loved your tweet because it was a totally different perspective as far as how i saw the event but uh what did you think overall of crown jewel uh if i stick to my tweet it was horrible um i mean i guess in reflection also in fairness i i came when i got home and watched the rest i saw the first hour of it because I didn't have to be in until uh, early afternoon, mid-afternoon. So I basically had about 90 minutes free before I had to jet out of the house. So I watched 
the first part of it. You know, when I was watching it, uh, you know, with an open mind. <clears throat> then I was hearing how much, again, I should just stay off, you know, the phone or not listen to people during the course of the day, early evening into the night on Friday, hearing how much it was horrible and the venting and stuff. And I guess it bleeds onto you sometimes <clears throat> because you're saying to yourself, there's no way that I could find this different than 95%. Uh, not well, just podcasts, Well, you said it was the, the fans, worst you know. WWE event of right. all time. And a lot of people <clears throat> agreed with you. Right, right. So I, when I got home, I was tired. I was moody. The show sucked that I worked. It was, it was very underachieving show. After all we put into it, you know, we didn't get all out of it what we put into it. So I came home in a bad mood, to be honest with you. So I came home in a bad. And I suddenly watched this shit. I can't sleep anywhere because I'm uptight from tonight. So I, I watched it, and uh, I, I just again, I, I probably watched it angry. You know, like in the Groundhog Day, don't drive angry. The, the oh, sure, to, sure. the, to the Groundhog, and I watched it at, annoyed. I really did. I got to be honest with you. And I think that might have muddied me from giving it any props whatsoever. It wasn't good, but I'm saying to myself, <clears throat> it, it was a decent house show at best, but not a good pay-per-view. And I, I put the controversy aside. I put all that stuff aside. I just thought, you know, for Michaels to come back, thinking about it, if Michaels going to make a comeback, it was for this, all for this. And I, I felt the, the main event was a very big botch fest. It's weird. Then forget about Michaels being bald. That's just nature. What are you going to do about that? That didn't annoy me. What annoyed me was just, you know, Kane looked sloppy. Kane looked winded. Undertaker looked terrible. I, I didn't think anybody looked good. Triple H obviously got hurt. Michaels had to carry the match. It looks like they called it on the fly. I, I guess they did the best job they could, but it was kind of a clusterfuck in the end. I didn't think Sean still got it. I think he just has to do what he had to do to survive. And if he's one and done, like he said after the match when he did the interview, that this is it for me, I'm going home, I can't do this anymore, uh, I believe him. I just I thought, you know, the the chain winning, uh, Shane winning, I mean, what was that all about? I just, I just, you know what I mean, DT? I watched it jaded. And I think maybe if I could take, maybe if I rewatch it again, Maybe I'll give it a little bit more props than you're right. The worst pay per view of all time. Maybe I was over dramatic, but I'm being honest when I said I watched it with a bad attitude. What do you? I'm not even kidding. What do you think about the fact that the fans in Saudi Arabia ate it up? I th that's okay. Let me go there. It was for them. It wasn't for us. Maybe well, I was being a spoiled you, you American. Know what? You know what I mean? I said that also. And I really did. And I've been saying that for a long time now. I mean, right. I, I mentioned this on my recap Monday, which everybody could listen to on a separate download. You know, the, I, listen, for our listeners and our friends out there, you know, I to totally respect your opinion of how you looked at this going into it. Whether you were, you know, angry about Khashoggi or you just don't like the deal, fine. But as far as a lot of sites out there and bloggers and podcasters and people with blue check marks and social right. justice warriors, you know, the one thing that pissed me off out of everything, and I'm not a PC guy, but, you know, you see our Patreon. We have several people that live in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. They live in Saudi oh, Arabia. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. you know, nobody stopped to think about, well, what about the Saudi fans that just want to see a wrestling show and never get the opportunity to see it live and in person? And yeah, they could see it on their channel from television, but to get the opportunity to see it live and in person, you know, the one thing I think people forgot, 
All right. No, they don't live in a caveman era. They don't live in fucking tents. All right. But they don't have it like like we do. And they may be even happier with their lives than a lot of kids in the United States and the UK and beyond. But the thing is, overall, they don't have it like we do. They don't have the freedom like we do. They cannot express you know any uh, opinions uh, this way or that way you know it was it was really hilarious and i didn't mind wrestling fans doing this but to see blogs and podcasts and websites reporting this that was just an exclamation point that they do zero fucking research at all right. not about saudi arabia not about culture not about women i mean i thought it was funny enough to see them wondering how Renee Young could do this event, never bothering to notice that women do do commentary. They do news shows there. They do entertainment shows. They just can't, you know, be undressed. My God, they fucking advertised at Crown Jewel, Ronda versus Becky. But if you look at the photo, it's just from their neck up. Why? Because they didn't, they're not allowed to show any skin whatsoever. But getting back to the, to all the people I just mentioned, people were making an issue that Rey Mysterio's mask didn't have the cross on it. And when I saw that reported, that was just the exclamation point to me that these motherfuckers out there do zero research. Because if they would have understood anything about Saudi Arabia, that Christianity, no religion other than the Muslim religion, none are allowed to be practiced there. You're not allowed to have any outward expression whatsoever. I learned that fucking shit in sixth grade. And you have these people writing this stuff on websites. And I'm like, why are you even writing this? Do you want, do you know anything about Saudi Arabia? It just, I read that it was mind boggling. But the funniest thing that I read is the news that broke over the last couple of days. And Kevin and I don't research. We don't, I mean, we don't rehearse. Uh, we don't rehearse before right. we do the shows. We don't send each other topics because we like to do our spur in a moment reactions. And I've said this before. I know a lot of people don't like the patting on the back and the stuff like that. But once again, we're the number one wrestling show on Stitcher this week. And I only mentioned Stitcher because we only really promote two or three different areas where you can listen to our shows. But right. we got a big announcement in December that uh, will just shatter everything. Um, I'll just leave it at that. But the thing is, is that... Um, you know, we when we do these shows on Monday night, we only have on average seven minutes to prepare off of Monday Night Raw. It's easy for other shows out there to do it a day later, five, six days later, because you let everything sink in, you know, you absorb it, you think about it, you change your mind, you analyze it. So we get no time to really let this sink in. But it's an, it's an on-the-spot reaction. It's an on-the-spot reaction, but, yeah. you know, just to give everybody an example of why I make fun of sites and podcasts and blogs and everything, I'm going to just use this right now, and I think Kev will pass the test, and I think everybody else will pass the test out there as well. This is simple arithmetic now, all right? Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is now the universal champion, okay? Right. So they announce that he is going to wrestle AJ Styles at Survivor Series. No titles on the line. Right. So now, common sense. Brock Lesnar is a universal champion. 
What is the the minimum number of matches that he will wrestle in WWE? The well, what do you mean the minimum as of now? Yeah, as of right now. Like if you were to say if Brock Lesnar going forward, he's the Universal Champion. What is the minimum? number of matches that Brock Lesnar would work in the WWE right now? What would be the minimum? Some people in chat room are getting it. Getting it. It's going to be one right now. Well, it, he's wrestling AJ Styles, but what would be the minimum number of matches that he would wrestle on currently with WWE? Depends on what his contract is. No, no, but what would be the minimum? Like the absolute minimum. If if I said to you right now, Brock Lesnar is working the absolute minimum number of, of shows in his current contract, what would be the absolute minimum for the rest number? Of the, for the rest of the year, you mean? Just, just his contract. What would be the absolute minimum? If I said to you right now, Brock Lesnar signed a deal that he's just going to work the absolute minimum number of days, dates whatsoever, how many Four. matches would he, would he wrestle? What, the big four? You mean four papers? No, no, no. How many matches? All right, let me just say it. The The minimum number of matches that he would wrestle is two because one is already advertised with AJ Styles and the other would have to be for him to lose the title. Oh, yeah, well, I know what you mean. I thought you, you're talking about now, as of now as the champion. Versus, right, as uh, the champion, he yeah. would only have two. All right, websites out there actually reported this as major news that Brock Lesnar is signed with WWE for at least two more appearances. Right. That's not news. That is just common sense that Brock Lesnar is the champion and he's already wrestling AJ Styles, so he would have to wrestle at least one more match to lose the title. And this is what's being reported as major news. Yeah, I got you. Unless they made a new deal with him under the circumstances. Right, of but I'm just, Reigns, yeah, right? I'm just saying this is the reason why we bring this stuff up because a lot of people listening, if we don't bring up, hey, what do you think about what this person reported or what this is being reported or what about this <clears> or what about that? We're always doing cleanup with these fucking matarazzas out there. And not only that, let's be honest, some of you out there make the mistake and put words in our mouth more than more than often i mean quite often you put words in our mouth and it's not gloating sonic because we never reported the otherwise i'm just pointing out the nonsensical bullshit out there between ray's cross and renee doing commentary and fucking brock lesnar signing at least two dates you think well, I, I I agree with you. I mean, just the same thing about I mean, even people that I respect and I'm close with, you know, posting. Uh, I can't believe they, you know, Renee didn't have to wear the burqa. Uh, again, it's that's not. Uh, we talk about research. There were people then, and not every woman is there in a burqa. And just again, the the this kind of. Uh, stereotypical thing without fully researching what exactly the laws said, and the rules man. and the regulations it's are. Said. I, I can't believe Renee got past the whole burka thing. There was never it was never a negotiation for her to wear that. No. I actually saw people talking about that. It's like I'm surprised I didn't get Renee to cover up. I'm like, cover up what? Yeah. It's just a it's a skin thing. It wasn't a face thing. Yeah. So it's like, oh my God. And the same thing and I agree with you. When I first was watching it before I left and I saw the first hour and the kids were enjoying it and and slapping hands with the wrestlers going down and they were wearing 
wearing the shirts. I was saying there are some real, and I put in quotes, real wrestling fans there. Not kids who they gave away NWO shirts to. You could tell that they know the wrestlers. They were singing the songs, and they were singing the anthems, and they were clapping along. They are real fans there. Why is it hard, especially for us uh, American fans who think they know everything, to think they know everything about what other fans in other countries think Mm -hmm. or what they're they're entitled to? That was the thing that irritated me. It's like it was almost like our show. How dare they put a show on like that? So like I said, you know, take a step back. It wasn't the greatest quality show in our eyes, but from people who don't get to see it all the time, this is their second event total. They had a good time. And to me, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to look at it this way. If they were happy with it, so be it. Well, that's why I say La Nostra Familia our number one. And that is our family listening out there. I, I have said this for well over 15 years. Our listeners by far, and I don't say it to pander, you out there are the most intelligent listeners of any shows out there. I mean, DTKC Soup family, because Bish and Joey knock it out of the park with the with the research and everything also. Um, actually, Miss sometimes does rings around me. But, um, you know, you look at these other places out there. I mean, it's just really fucking pathetic. But let me ask you this, since with talking a little bit about politics and culture and stuff what do you think about this report floating around that sid vicious canceled an indie date and the reason why he canceled is because he found out that the promoter is a huge donald trump fan supporter i should say is that is that, is that just that's a rumor though that's well it's no it is a, a lot more than it because the promoter is flat out saying that sid vicious contacted him and said he is not getting on a plane because the promoter johnny moose is is huge trump supporter and the promoter actually went out there and put it out there yeah, I mean, it's that's. Sid has be honest, been, I would have thought I would have thought Sid was on that side of the fence. To be honest with you, yeah, no, no, he's I, he's I voiced he wasn't. he's voiced against Trump in the past. Oh, has he? I, I didn't. I I would have thought the other way. To be honest with you, yeah. Well, what do you I think about any wrestler like backing out because the person that they do they're working for is a supporter of our president? Stupid. I mean, it's, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. Again, it goes against everything our country is supposed to be about. Freedom of choice, freedom of expression. The guy is the president. It's not like that's in dispute. He's president for two years now. Yeah. You know I mean, he's he got half the country's vote, whatever popular vote, blah, blah, blah. You want to have an argument about it. He's the president for two years now. Aren't we accustomed to this already? Yeah. Um, you know, tomorrow, as my brother Draper said, uh, and he's correct, tomorrow will be the most annoying day to be on <laughs> so, so social media for both sides of the fence. Boy, what an annoying I day. hope it's 2016 it's all over again. Oh, I, oh my God. I hope all these fucking radical, not the left, because I know there's a lot of people that don't like Trump and I respect that, but the but, radicals out there, I just, I don't want to see them celebrate nothing, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, but I think, again, uh, you know, wrestlers, uh, uh, people are forgetting their job is to entertain, and I think to isolate uh, groups of people, I, I think the same thing with musicians and artists and stuff, no matter who you are, whether you're uh, Bruce Springsteen or Ted Nugent, I don't think you should isolate, you know, every, a lot of people like your music, a lot of people buy your records, they don't buy it based on political beliefs, they buy it based on they like your guitar playing, they like your songwriting, uh, it's, it's it's a shame to have to, to, to feel like you have to freeze out a bunch of your fan base because of a, a thought process on a personal opinion, yeah. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, just to let everyone know, 
know uh, Triple H suffered a torn pec muscle in yeah, the match. Yeah. yeah, so he is undergoing the, uh, he's going under the knife tomorrow, Tuesday, and they don't know what his recovery time is going to be, but it's going to be very interesting because we are now in the month of November, and uh, WrestleMania is a lot closer than you think. It's not just the fact that it's four months away or, you know, four and a half months away, five months away. But the thing is, is you have to build a storyline. And there's been a lot of buzz that Batista versus Triple H will, in fact, happen at this year's WrestleMania. You know, they planted the seed at the SmackDown 1000. But now if this tear is very severe, his match at WrestleMania could very very well be in jeopardy. No, it's true. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with him. You know, Triple H could pull a, C- a Super Cena and be ready to go in three months, but he is 50 years old now. It's a different ball game than when he tore his quad and whatever his healing process and powers might not be on the level of John Cena, who had a miraculous recovery when he got hurt. Um, if that's the case, I know there's rumors or Dave Meltzer reported that Randy Orton is a, but to me, I, I, the obvious Batista versus Brock Lesnar. They, they that's the, Orton versus Orton. Who wants to see that? Yeah. You know him and Daniel Bryan for. But I'm just saying, I'm playing fantasy football here, so mm. to speak, or fantasy wrestling. Let the beast versus the animal. Batista, you know, uh, the the big Hollywood star versus the other one, the one who really likes wrestling and wants to come back. The other one who just wrestles as a business. Uh, I think it would be great. They both came up in OVW. There's a good backstory there. There could be some little petty jealousy back and forth with each other. You could picture the promos. Heyman cutting it on Batista, going after him about the Hollywood thing, and then Batista going after Lesnar for having no heart for wrestling. The story writes itself. I think it would be a great thing. It would be a feel-good moment, and maybe Dave can have a little run, kind of like the way Goldberg did, and then Put it on Drew McIntyre. I've Drew beat him or something. I, I think it really comes down to if Batista wants to come back for someone other than Triple H. He talked about it. You know, you talked about a little run doing house shows. You saw the interviews, DT. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's a possibility. I mean, listen, they have to have a good backup plan, but I do not like uh, the Dave Meltzer, Randy Orton. And like I said, just speculation. Randy Orton versus Batista. I don't want to see that. I don't see that. Yeah, I don't know if I really want to see that. Yeah. Um, you know, contrary to what people thought over the weekend, Alexa Bliss is still having some issues from the concussion. Yeah. She re- she had, uh, you know, it's been more than a few weeks. Um, she is going to be the, the head of... Uh, Team Raw, as far as the women go, but she is not actually, as of right now, competing in the match. That obviously could change as it gets a little bit closer. Um, We'll see what happens with Alexa Bliss. I mean, monitor that because if people remember with uh, when we heard um, Jason Jordan, if people remember his injury last uh, early this year, and he was, and we, you know, we started hearing that. All right, the comeback's a little bit slow, and then it got slower, and then it got slower, and he said, you know, pay attention to Jason Jordan. It might be a lot more serious than you think. I'm not saying that that's the case with Alexa Bliss, but just monitor that because, you know, concussions could be a scary fucking thing. Hopefully, you know, they're just being on, you know, the strong side of caution, and she's not, you know, having any, like, post-concussion syndrome or whatever that stuff is. You know, let's just uh, hope that she uh, she gets back full time. Well, DT, what do you th- what do you think about them trotting her out there? Even though she's not, most times they, you know, you don't go out there. You're in the back or you're off TV for a week or two. Take a step back. They're keeping Bliss in the spotlight. That tells that, that tells me that she's good. 
but they just want to give it a little extra time. So they're letting her, you know, go out there a little bit, but not necessarily doing all that much. She's still, you know, they're, they're going slowly. They're, I think she's good, but just monitor it anyway. Because, um, you know, the fact that they're making the announcement so early that, you know, she's captain, but she's not participating, you know, that's, that's a little surprising for me. I would think, especially after Evolution, people really want to see her back in the ring. Yeah. Um, you know, we all know now Ronda Rousey's taking on Becky Lynch in Survivor Series. When it gets a little bit closer, we'll talk a little more detail about it. Uh-huh. Um, I did find this interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but I know it was not meant this way, but I found I looked at it this way. I always try to think outside the box, but she, uh, Ronda Rousey did an interview over the weekend. Right. And um, she mentioned that she really would love to wrestle Sasha Banks. And she gave a lot of props to Sasha Banks for her, her, her body of work and this and that. And she was already a fan of her before. But then she said this. She says, I don't know if I'm at that level or ready yet to face Sasha Banks. And I thought to myself, I was like, wow, that's a very interesting comment to make, especially the fact that you're facing Becky Lynch at Survivor Series. You know what I mean? Like, you don't feel that you're at the level yet to take on a Sasha Banks but you feel like you're on the level to take on a Becky Lynch. If anything, I think Becky Lynch is a lot smoother in the ring than Sasha Banks would all due respect. I mean, I know Sasha Banks fans are going to get their balls in a bunch right now, but you know, you look at the high profile matches from the hell in a cell and a few others, you know, Sasha Banks is not, you know, this, the smoothest person in the ring. I think Becky Lynch outperforms her. I agree. I think you're right. And I, by the way, very much looking forward to that match, um, Becky Lynch and uh, Ronda Rousey. To me, that's pretty much the main event of uh, Survivor Series in a lot of people's eyes. I mean, I'm wondering if Ronda is going to be ready uh, to be booed because I have this feeling that she's going to get a heavy, uh, uh, you know, rainfall of boos mm-hmm. uh, from facing Becky Lynch. See what she's made. I think that's going to be a real test for Ronda, you know? Yeah, it's, you know what I'm hoping WWE does not do? Uh, I, look, they insisted that Charlotte does not turn in her matches with Becky. And that was a mistake in my honest opinion. I totally understand the mutual thing and all this other stuff, but they tried so hard to get Becky, to force Becky as a heel. And, you know, just as the natural progression of it, fans don't want that. You could see that. I'm not saying that fans wanted to be a clear cut baby face, but they don't want to be force fed something. That's what WWE, I think makes a mistake more than than not. I mean, look, they're a billion dollar company, so who are I to, to, to judge like that? But wow. the one thing that they do sometimes, and I think that's why people had a harder time getting into Roman Reigns. You know, you try, you want things to happen, but you can't sometimes put it on a fast track. And they tried to put the fast track with Becky Lynch as a heel, and it backfired. And they tried doing little things with Roman Reigns to try to, you know, force the babyface thing. If you remember, they had that match where, you know, like he won and they flashed the crowd and the guy is going, no, 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 like totally against it. And then uh-huh. when they did the replay, they edited it to make it look like that the, the guy was a supporter of Roman Reigns and they piped in 
chance one time and they added other thing. You know, and then you have Triple H with the stupid comments. Well, isn't Roman Reigns already heel? You know, it's like they made that mistake with with Becky Lynch. You know, I love what they what Becky Lynch is doing right now, but WWE trying to force feed that Becky Lynch is a heel is a mistake. And I'm just hoping that they don't try to force feed it with Ronda Rousey as well. Ronda Rousey's is WWE's diamond in a rough in their eyes right now. It's true, yeah. And she is the person. I I would be shocked to shit if she is unde is she if she is defeated before WrestleMania. But I just hope they don't force Becky Lynch against the fans just so WWE wants the fans to chant for Ronda Rousey. I think that's a big mistake. I agree with you. No, there's no doubt about it. But it is going to be, you can almost see the writing on the wall, though, of a heavy, let's go Becky uh, chant. Not Ronda sucks, but a, a pretty heavy boo contingency for Ronda Rousey. You could just picture it. Yeah. You know, I can just I don't think it's gonna be split down the middle as some people say. No, no I think no. it's not gonna be split down the middle at all. I think uh Charlotte will probably be in the back going, see, they boo everybody who goes against Becky. <laughs> so, you know, that that'll give Charlotte to be a little righteous. Say, so you they even boo Ronda Rousey. Yeah. They, they just love Becky. It's not me. Um, but that's gonna be that's it's it's that's gonna be a a, it, a great matchup. You know? It almost feels like that the girls and the kids are gonna chant for Ronda and the guys are gonna chant for uh, for I'm not excuse me, the girls and the kids are gonna chant for yeah, for, for Ronda and the men, they're going to chant for Becky. That's what it feels like. Right. I mean, I, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the guy's predominantly fans of Becky Lynch or anything like that. But a lot of times at these shows, you'll have people do uh, chants with each other just to take a side, you know, just to have fun and take part in something. So you will definitely see, let's go, Ronda, let's go, Becky, let's go, oh, yeah. Ronda, let's go, Becky. You will you will definitely hear that. It's going to be it's gonna be fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to yeah. that match. Now, look, Pro Wrestling Illustrated is designed to get people to talk, get mm-hmm. people to, to read their stuff. I mean, you and I go back to, you know, the late 70s, early 80s with their magazine. So, you know, we know what their role is. And, you know, it's just funny seeing people totally irate about this top 10. Um, They released their top 10 female wrestlers of 2018. And people are irate, angry, pissed off because Becky Lynch is not listed in the top 10. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. That was probably decided about three months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that list back in the day, they, they were, I mean, I told the story one time of, uh, if it wasn't for coach Kurt's hotline and entertainment tonight, uh, who ran a story, I wouldn't have known what happened to Bruce Brody as a fan because the wrestling magazine Brody died in July. October is when it came out in the magazines. Because they were always a couple of months behind or a couple of months ahead, wasn't DT? Mm. Back in the day, they were always like, you know, 10 steps behind their own ass. But it was because of uh, production and the publication. But uh, I think, uh, again, I think that was decided before the Becky Lynch phenomenon started happening. Now, let me ask you this. Mm. With that said, the fact that this list was really done around, let's say, June, July, summertime. Yeah, I'd probably say that. All right. Does that lower Ronda Rousey's value at number one even more because if you look at her num- her body of work from January 1 until July, there's really not much there. She was impressive, right? but is she number one? 
it was almost like she was number one by default, and she was number one uh, due to her to her marquee name. It just was a given to, and also DT to sell the magazine they put mm-hmm. on the cover. Yeah, you know that there was a selling point to put on the cover. All due respect to Becky Lynch, and probably I don't believe Bill After works there anymore. Of course, he started nope. it, but nope. there's uh, the new people running it or people who are running it in the last 10, 15 years uh, are probably like, you know, we we put uh, such and such on the cover. We put Bailey on the cover. I don't know if it's going to sell. Ronda is going to sell magazines. That's why it made the rounds even on you know other publications who spotlighted it said look pro wrestling illustrated she's the wrestler of the year the woman of the year um so it was a publicity thing does she deserve it i mean come on all we're all smart wrestling fans not really no but it's it's it is what it is you know it is what it is they didn't and also i don't think they had the foresight to see the becky sensation that happened uh, over the summer into the fall the udt they probably didn't think what's going to happen who's going to come around that we're going to have to change this list right dt well like in, in, in a couple months what, what could possibly happen well I'll read the top 10 and yeah. you tell me who stands out on this list like a sore thumb that shouldn't be in the top 10 because I see two, easily yeah. two. Uh, number 10, Kyrie Sane. Number nine, Maya Watani. Maya Watani. Number eight, Nia Jax. Number seven, Carmella. Number six, Shayna Baszler. Number five, Asuka. Number four, Io Shirai. Number three, Charlotte. Number two, Alexa Bliss. Number one, Ronda Rousey. Well, Nia Jax right off the bat. Um you know, but again, if they were doing it months back before SummerSlam, making a decision on this, these were the people in the top spotlight. Um, I'm not familiar with the uh, this the number nine uh, Japanese girl. I'm not Mayu Watani? No, I'm not really. She's okay. Her. She's good. She's yeah. she's very good actually. But mm-hmm. um, I had no problem with Nia Jax. I just thought Carmella and Alexa Bliss is ridiculous. Alexa Bliss, look, she's no, no, but they're coming from again, DT. Think about again. We're talking about their their backlog, so to speak. They're going back to maybe pre SummerSlam, right? But Carmella and Alexa Bliss were the hot right. hands at that time. But if you look at Alexa Bliss's win losses um, from January to July in the matches that she had, they were they were not. Um, do you remember a great Alexa Bliss match this year? No, I really don't. Remember I don't remember one. Looks max in general. No, I don't, I don't remember one. I, I she shouldn't be on that list. And Carmella. Was, no, I mean, no, she, look, I know some people are fans of Carmella and some people even, you know, emulate her, but she is the drizzling shits. And just think of the matches she had with Asuka and all of the clusterfuck stuff that they had to do to try to, you know, have Carmella go over on Asuka. They put fucking James Ellsworth in a cage. They had him show up wearing an Asuka mask. I mean, mm-hmm. Carmella, if you actually look at her matches in 2018, she she in the ring was the drizzling shits. She's not even top 20. Not even top 20 for this <clears throat> and, year. And Oscar and is not even on that top 10, I noticed. She's on. She's number five. Oh, oh, oh Oscar is number five. Okay. Well, Carmella, again, she was probably the title holder at the time. And I, I just, you know, yeah. I mean, you could totally dissect that list here and now uh, on November, you know, whatever. What is it? Fifth. You could totally dissect it. Three months ago, maybe Pro Wrestling Illustrated says, no, no, we can justify this because of such and such. This is why. This yeah. is why. Well, their you magazine know. is to get people talking. And, and oh, they succeeded. It is. Yeah. it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, back in the day, I mean, I, I laugh when I watch a shoot interview with uh, Al Perez, and they were talking about when he did an interview about can Al make it in the WWF? He goes, yeah, I never really gave that interview. They totally made it up. It's like, <laughs> it like I never spoke to him. I, they just made it up. Yeah. Uh, boom in the chat. 
You don't get why Don Tony thinks Carmella not being a good worker makes him valid for that position. She is not top 10 as a performer. She is is not top 10. She's not even top 20. Her matches were the drizzling shits. She is not good in the ring. She might have one or two moves here and there, but what did I say six months, eight months ago? She is good at moonwalking, screaming, and yelling, and talking. That that uh, doesn't she's, make she's, you... She's got good attitude and swagger. That's yeah, about, I mean, yeah. she's. I, I don't hate her or anything like that. She is just not a top 10. Sorry. That's the, and who cares what work rate is? Boom, come on. Seriously. Uh, I don't know what medicine you took tonight. What work rate? Oh, my God. Uh, congratulations to Ember Moon. She got married over the weekend. Um, she got married in Las Vegas, and they had, like, a Game of Thrones theme to the wedding yeah. ceremony. And um, it just congrats to her. Congrats to Dawn Marie. She got engaged over the weekend as well. Yeah, and while we're giving out congrats to uh, WWE, former WWE, uh, Brooke Tessmacher, uh, Brooke Adams, she had another baby. Uh, she had a baby on Halloween, uh, Phoenix Presley Lee Piper. Oh, that's good. You know what? Yes. The more baby she has, the more of a chance she'll never return to the ring, and that's a good uh, thing. I, I actually, I've got, actually, I've become pretty cool with her. She, she's actually not not a bad person. I know we had a little thing with her a couple of years ago with some. I, I can't remember what it was. It, and she wrote us, and it's nothing you know. personal with her. Just as yeah. a wrestling fan, look, it's never anything personal when we do these shows, unless it, and if it is personal for me ever, I will make sure that everybody knows it's personal because I, that's what gets my mouth into trouble. It's nothing personal against her. Just as a wrestling fan, the more babies she has, the less of a chance that I'll see her back in the ring. Just my opinion. I don't speak on behalf of anybody else. Yeah, like I said, she's cool and, and quite a good-looking woman. That, yeah. that. So congratulations. Yeah, and good luck to Ken Shamrock. He's returning to the wrestling yes. ring. That's right. First time in nine years he's going to be performing in <clears throat> Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, how old is Ken now? 50? Oh, he's got to be at least 50. <coughs> Maybe a little older than 50. I, I think he's a little bit older now. He might be like more like 52-ish, 53. That's Someone it. in the chat room, and please don't guess. I, I know the usual suspects will just throw out a fucking number. <laughs> so, by 61. the way, yeah, I, by the way, shout out to our new and returning patrons. Uh, first, our new and returning associate producers, Michael Petrosky, uh, John Krauser, and Tony. Welcome back. Shout out to Nickel Time. Tyler McCoy, who you all know out there is Captain Shitstain, Matt Guy, the unemployed milkman, Phil Neal, Isaac Lee, Joe Rivera, Adam Freed, Steve Calderon, and Dave the Wave, 1994. Nice. So, uh, and I just shouted out, uh, okay, all right. Um, people obviously are getting the ages wrong, and I trust Andy Lou. Andy Lou said his birthday is February 11th, 1964, which would make him 54. 54. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, it does. Oh, so, okay. hey, you know what? We just had... Look, I brought this up about a month ago. I remember doing opening up a Breakfast of Blasi and reading off about 14 wrestlers who wrestled in their 40s, late 40s and early to mid 50s. And I don't remember fans having their balls in a bunch. Now, look... After seeing Crown Jewel, all right, <laughs> it was probably a mistake <laughs> that they did this, but 
you know, when you look at other wrestlers who have performed into their 50s in the past, I don't remember anybody really bitching like they bitch now. And I said this month, uh, Friday, and I'll say it again, and I said this probably a couple of months ago as well. The moment we heard Shawn Michaels was going to wrestle a crown jewel, there was a lot of negativity online. And what kept ringing in my head was, you know, for years and years and years, one more match, one more match, one more match. And I think a, a majority of people out there that were shitting on this before the match ever took place, subconsciously, maybe not realizing it, but subconsciously were very, very bitter that they chanted, maybe not out loud, maybe in their hearts, maybe in their minds, but they chanted for nine years, one more match, one more match, and it took Saudi money to get that match. Not AJ Styles, not Daniel Bryan, not us chanting, not overwhelming Instagram posts and tweets. It was Saudi money that got Shawn Michaels back in the ring. And I think a, a majority of wrestling fans subconsciously are very, very, I don't know if you call it jealous, but very bitter at that. Yeah, they're bitter at that, but it's like luring a great actor back onto the stage. He could say it's a great role, but usually you'll find out, wow, they paid him how much? <laughs> you know, so, so it's usually that's, you know, uh, you know, an illustrious return, even if you don't see it that way, it's it's usually money talks. And you can't blame Michaels if he got a million or a million five. There's a lot of rumors uh, what they're going to give him his cut of that uh, pie that they got. Um, it's probably more than Michaels made in his, you know, in a bunch of years being in the Rockers, you know, for a year's salary. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, and, and he's older and he's got to think of his kids. And, you know, it, Michaels is not was not rolling in dough. You know, DT, Michaels wasn't uh, getting, uh, you know, that, that giant money, that, that big contract money. He actually took a powder for quite a few years when everybody was rolling in that dough, yep. uh, that Austin money and NWO money. So Michaels is well off, but I don't know how well off he is. I think, you know, putting another million in the bank, DT, can you blame the guy? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. In fact, Scott Hall's already doing videos saying, <laughs> yeah, hey, yo, <laughs> hey, yo, you know, <laughs> what, that's about one more for the good guy. <laughs> that's, that's what he's saying right now. Well, that's what he said. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, anybody out there, if they could even move just a little, you know, they're hoping that, you know, the Saudi prince, you know, WWE, NWO for life. You know, it's just, they, they're not on their radar yet. But as I sarcastically said at the very end of my recap Friday, for people out there that have been annoyed for the last month or two earlier this year, having storylines for the Saudi events dominating or having a good portion of Monday Night Raw being involved, even SmackDown to an extent, you only have about nine years left of this. Yeah. You know, so these these events are going to be interfering storylines, and it's going to be very interesting to see what nostalgia from yesteryear that Saudi is going to be interested in, and they're going to want, and WWE is going to give into it, and then because of it, they have to give this perception on regular TV that it's a very, very important event. I don't know if people took notice last week when Kurt Angle is cutting that promo saying that of all the awards that I have received, that winning the, the, the best in the world is the most important match in my career. Now, seriously. 
take a step back and think about that for a minute, yeah. how asinine that sounds. But okay. what is that doing? It's pandering to the Saudi hierarchy. It is. And right. that's what you have to look forward to for the next nine plus years. Get used to it. Yeah. Uh, now, you know what? We'll go We'll go back to Raw in a minute, but what do you think about uh, Shane winning the whole thing? Uh, again, I hope there's a method to this madness. And again, you go by the rumor mills, what Melsa says, what Keller says, what this one says, what Conrad says. I mean, you you, go, you hear all the, the insiders and you know, half the time they're wrong like anybody else. A guessing game. They can change it. <laughs> Just like, as you know, DT, that leaked list with the girls matches. Molina versus Naomi never happened. So that was on that list. So, I mean, these are things that... You know, uh, again, it's guesstimations. It's nothing well, solid. Well, if you remember that list, there was like 14 matches on it. it yeah, yeah, It took place for eight hours. If it oh, was. no, no, I know, I know. But, you know, <laughs> I don't. I think Melina said she was never even contacted. But, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, she was like, it's nice, but they never even called me. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's guesstimations, and that's what, sure. you know, that's what a lot of us do. Um, that I hope there's a method to it. I mean, I, I was seeing people bitching today. I don't remember who it was about Shane actually winning the the title from AJ Styles. Um, you know, and, and it would be interesting. But I got news for you, man. I, I wrote this on the synopsis later on, and I thought about. I was like, all right, maybe I'll remove it. But no, the way you put it just now, I'm leaving it in there with an exclamation point. Mm. Think about it for a minute. AJ Styles is approaching 434 days. Yep. Shane McMahon is calling himself best in the world. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to play conspiracy theory over here, but you think that, you know, there might be a little coincidence, best in the world, you know, milking that after Saudi Arabia and mm -hmm. AJ surpassing 434, <laughs> maybe just a little bit of, you know, taking away of CM Punk's accolades a little bit. Yeah, they do this. And I think it was Shane looking in the camera and saying, I'm the best in the world and saying it. I'm like, you know that there's a hidden dig to CM Punk. I, I just you just know that there is. And we can't prove it. But we're, we've been around wrestling long enough to know that this is what they do. in this company, you say, wow, how, how immature, how unprofessional. Yes, correct. This is professional wrestling. There's the hidden digs and agendas and little fucking underlying things that you have to read between the lines have been going on for years. You know it, DT. Mm -hmm. It's been going on for years. Yeah. Did, did, did uh, Chat, did I say Shane Douglas early? I don't think so. I did think, you say I think, Shane Douglas? Shane I said, McMahon. No, I thought, I'm pretty sure I said Shane McMahon. I had two yeah. people say to me, Shane Douglas. I'm like, oh, it, could be, it could be Shane Douglas. I had Shane, well, actually, I was watching a little Shane Douglas uh, stuff earlier today. So, oh, but. okay. Yeah, I just I wonder if this is to diminish a little bit of CM Punk's uh, WWE legacy. Sarah, yep, I, I'm, I, I, I'm serious. I, I actually think well, that I, I believe you. I, and you could say, but wait a minute, Punk's been out of the spotlight. That fight he had was months ago. Why, why bring it up now? They're not really chanting his name at the arenas now. They were in Chicago recently. They didn't even say it. Yeah, but WWE doesn't forget. Well, they, remember, they, remember AJ Lee. Was the uh, wasn't she the longest rating Divas champion? And uh, Nikki Bella Nick. passed it. And as soon as Nikki passed, correct, correct. she yeah. lost. She dropped the title. Soon as she passed, yeah, yeah. So, not even within days. Correct. Yeah. So maybe taking away a little bit of the legacy of AJ Lee and CM Punk a little bit. It could be, but uh, only they can tell us if that's true. We can just speculate. I'll oh, never say anything. Nah, never. The only time you'll say that is if someone has a bitter falling out with WWE that worked in the office, you know. Unfortunately, you don't have the Court Bowers and the fucking uh, Eck 
whatever the fuck his name is, they used to write. And as soon as they got out of there, like to try to milk the fact that they wrote as a writer, that they'll tell us to this day, oh, I used to steal Vince McMahon's protein bars and he used to drink mm. this type of water. Shut the fuck up. I'm not <laughs> jealous. I'm not jealous. I mean, I'm happy with my family and my life and my job and all of our friends that listen to our shows. Like, as soon as you criticize, you get jealous. What's jealous? We're just making an observation. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you realize how stupid you sound? Oh, when I used to be in production meetings, I used to steal his protein bars. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's just... Uh... Anyway, shout out to our, uh, some of our associate producers. We'll shout them out throughout the show. Tygsy Bowers, John Krauser, Tony, and Michael Petrowski, as I said earlier. Bad Boy Nico, Paul Convoy, Daniel Williams, Dan Hayes Valdez, Justin Rebstock, John Miller, Mark Redman, John Steck, John Coffey, Andrew914, Zach Spudamari, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Maharg, Adam Demoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Chuck Lentz, and the Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers. We'll get into more shout-outs momentarily. Just uh, some programming notes. Programming notes regarding our shows and programming notes regarding WWE. Um, SmackDown Live Mixed Match Challenge will air on tape delay this week. Uh, for those that live in the California, San Jose area, November 15th's uh, NXT event is now a TV taping. So you might be interested in that. Um, As far as us, I posted a photo on Twitter earlier. Uh, One of my customers surprised me with a pair of awesome Rangers tickets. And I was very tempted to put them on StubHub and make 500, 600 bucks off of them because they're that good. But um, I really don't get the opportunity to go to Ranger games all that often. So I am going to be going on the 19th, which is in two weeks. I will be back in time to record the show, but I would not have seen Raw. So I probably will not be on, or maybe I'll be on and I just won't, you know, comment about Raw itself. We'll see, you know, what happens in two weeks. Thanksgiving week for our patrons. We are going to be doing a special Ask Us Anything episode. It's going to be Mish, Kev, and myself. So we're going to post a thread later on this week and you'll have about two weeks to get in your ask us anythings and just keep them quick and to the point. We're also working on the idea of doing one to two chats later on this month, one for our U.S. listeners and one for our international listeners. International listeners are more than welcome to take part in the U.S. chats and vice versa. The only reason why we're thinking about doing two is because there is a major time difference for those who listen to us overseas. So we don't want to do a chat, let's say, at 6 o'clock at night and it's 5 a.m. where you are. We don't want you to get up that early. So we'll do something to accommodate everybody out there. So that's what's going to be happening on Patreon momentarily. Also, Uh, Your next episode of Blah, Blah, Blah will be this Wednesday. I will definitely comment about midterms and a bunch of other stuff. And you have uh, Castle Chronicles Thursday. Right. There's a lot of stuff going on. But just make sure you just keep a note. Thanksgiving week. I will likely not be on Monday or maybe in a part-time role. And we'll be doing a special Ask Us Anything on Patreon. So patreon.com slash Don Tony. You know, like I say, oh, as always, for as little as five bucks, 
you get access to hundreds of hours of breakfast soup, hundreds of hours of Castle Chronicles, pay-per-view predictions, giveaways, retro audio. We have other stuff there as well. And, you know, I say this, you know, to, to bring up the point, if everybody signed up for one month, you would cover our expenses for the whole year. Be just, just, just like, and look, you see it all the times. People sign up and they stick around for quite some time. So, oh yeah, very tight knit family over there. And I'll be honest with you, I joked about this on Breakfast Soup, but I really meant it. You know, I think I like the fact that it's such a small, tight knit community over there. Because if we had two, three times the number of people, I don't think we would be able to get our shows done in a normal amount of time. Imagine, get it, imagine open it up and you have 78 questions to get into. Oh, God, yeah, I know. That's true. Yeah. Um, another programming note for those that are interested, November 30th, Impact is going to be uh, airing a, uh, a live event on Twitch. They're going to stream it live on Twitch November 30th, but it starts at 11 p.m. Eastern. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm concerned, man. They they their ratings the second week now only went up from ninety eight thousand to one hundred and five thousand viewers. That's it. That's it. I mean, oh, they're geez. in the 10 p.m. time slot now, but you know, you you'll see some of the stuff that's going on. You know, the the you just see a lot of momentum with some guys, and I just don't understand why people are finding it that hard to just. You, you're watching it at 8 o'clock. Yes, the ratings were not good, but 260,000 people tuning in at 8 o'clock. Now, two-thirds of them are just not watching? Yeah, I think it's... I, I don't mind the I don't mind the time difference move. I, I don't mind it at all. I think it's actually more convenient for certain people for 10 o'clock. I mean, sure. some people don't want to stop. I'm, I'm a late... I'm a, a night owl. So, I mean, I've always been since for 25 years. Uh, you know, I don't go to bed till four o'clock in the morning on the regular yeah. that's me obviously normal people can't do that or you have a nine to five job but I, it's not it's not too late even catch the first hour i mean and and the show has been a lot better and shout out again to our our, our friend uh killer cross who's doing really well on that sure. show becoming a becoming a real uh player and uh but but a hell of a promo hell of in-ring work uh it's really fun to watch his progression uh, so again, the show, and they have some really good talent on there, and mm -hmm. they really do. And not just them; there's a bunch of great talent. There's a bunch of great women on there. I, I, I really want, I, I really want Impact to do better. I really do. I am a little bit surprised that Impact does not try to take advantage of the later time slot, and I don't want to say be a little bit more or adult oriented, but. You remember we heard those those uh, reports that the average age of a wrestling fan that watch Impact Wrestling is like fifty four or something like that. I know you got to be, you know, you can't do what you did twenty years ago. You'll have people going nuts, you know, all these groups and everything. But you would think ten p.m. to midnight. Yes, people could watch online. Yes, people could watch on streaming channels and stuff like that. But as far as the main network goes. Right. Maybe you get a little bit more adult-oriented in some of your matches. Maybe you get a little more violent, suspension of disbelief. You have some of the characters, that, like you said, Killer Cross and others, that Sammy Callahan, and you can get a little bit more edgy, I think would yeah. be the right word. And Take advantage of the 10 p.m. to midnight. Get a little bit more edgy. I really think that that's something that they should seriously consider. 
Well, they have that girl who's kind of like, in my opinion, kind of like a modern day Sable, uh, Scarlet, the smoke show. Oh, yeah. She, 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 yeah, she's amazing. I mean, she's talk about, I mean, that girl puts the S in sexy. Uh, again, like you said, she she's edgy. Cross is edgy. Moose is very edgy with his promos now. They, there's something going on with Impact, and I think, um, I'm hoping people catch on. It, it's really, the product has really improved. Uh, Don Callis has done a great job. And uh, again, I hope more eyeballs go to the product because they're missing out on something. It's definitely improved. I think Skull reminds me more of Sonny back then. A little bit, yeah. Sonny-Sable combo. You know, yeah. like old school kind of just this sultry, uh, you know, just ood sexuality, but uh, has that confidence and that swagger. Mm. And, and just, you know, real real uh, believability in our character. Cuts a great promo. Again, they have great talent there. I hope people catch on. Mm. Um. Very quickly, for those that are curious, because uh, I know this broke probably about an hour or two before we went live tonight, uh, Takeshi Morishima, who uh, used to be the Ring of Honor champion, he was arrested in Japan. He assaulted a taxi driver, uh, mm-hmm. refused to pay his fare, which was about 160 American dollars, punched the guy in the face and fractured his left cheek. Wow, it's a page out of the uh, Alec Baldwin book. Yeah, right? <laughs> I really, I look, I, I'm pissed off today. I wrote it on Twitter. You know, I actually, the last two episodes of Blah, 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 I've actually expressed a little bit of criticism towards President Trump. I am still a loyal supporter. I will continue to be a loyal supporter. But I got a fucking letter in the mail today that my health coverage is going up 59% January 1st. Wow. Jeez. I mean, it's a lot of fucking money. And I'm like, you know, what happened to all this news about, you know, being able to buy insurance across state lines and stuff like that? Me as an insurance broker for 20 some odd years, right. I know for a fact, the minute that you are able to buy medical insurance across state lines, that is when the price is going to drop. Really? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of medical, I want to bring this up because this is something that's that people have been asking for the last two weeks. And I've read a lot of misinformation online. And I just want to get this cleared up. With Roman Reigns and his return of leukemia, you know, people are wondering, is WWE picking up on this? Uh, are they covering this? Are this? How does this work? From what I understand... Unless someone can find something otherwise, but I remember a couple of years ago that WWE informed their wrestlers and told them that they are required to carry some form of medical insurance. Yeah, I mean, if somebody gets hurt on WWE's watch, WWE will pick up some, ex, you know, the expenses, because obviously, look, I since you want, people know about the independent contractor thing, I will compare it to uh, a, a, a contractor, construction work, because I do insurance for a living. Right. I have a cost, uh, customer that is a contractor, and if somebody gets hurt on the job, even if they have their own medical insurance, we will put through a claim against their health and the company's health insurance, the company's workers' comp, whatever it is. And it, sometimes if someone puts in a claim against their own personal insurance, then what happens is, is that that insurance may sometimes try to subrogate to get the money back. But as far as Roman Reigns goes, um, I am under the impression that his own personal medical insurance for him and his family that is who is 
covering these medical expenses. Because again, I am under the impression that a couple of years ago, WWE told all their workers that they are required to show proof of some type of medical insurance. Because I see a lot of people out there, oh, WWE doesn't cover their workers. They don't, you know, have insurance for everybody. And I honestly, you know, I don't think that that's true. I think everybody there has medical coverage that they're required to carry a policy as long as they're doing any work for WWE. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, the independent circuit, it's a much different story. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, I think you, you might be right about yeah, that. Yeah, but, you know, look, I know Trump got rid of the, the you know, the, the mandate where you were forced to either buy insurance or pay a penalty. Right. But, you know, they have the bronze, the silver, the gold packages, and this shit. I mean, look, let's be honest. The Obama, you know, the the, the, the the public option, the Obama, you know, care, it was drizzling shits. The deductibles are insane. Look at Solomon's, though. He, I mean, for everybody that follows Solomon's, he's the only person I've seen in podcast land that talks about his health insurance. And he injured his leg, and he had like a $7,000 deductible. Oh, you know, six, six, seven years ago, eight years ago, you know, or well, maybe 10 years ago is more accurate. You know, the deductibles were about 2500 you know, 2000. Yeah. Now it's 7,500. So, you know, and Trump hasn't improved that either. But again, I'm under the impression that everybody that works for WWE has, has a plan. And honestly, there is no reason for any wrestler out there, any wrestler out there to not have health insurance right now, whether they're retired, Hall of Famer, down on their luck. You know, you can get a fucking bronze plan, which is still a drizzling shits. But you know what? If it covers a third of your surgery of this, this and that, because I hate when I see these people that say, oh, you know, I have this wrong with me and I can't get health insurance and this and that. No, you're covered for pre-existing conditions. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, I, I you know, I, I and I understand that some people... You know, because their doctor may not take a particular plan. That's why they can't get right. coverage. But, you know, so Roman Reigns, he should be fully covered for his illness. The question now is, is how does WWE handle his contract? Because right. if I remember correctly, when Rey Mysterio got injured, didn't they put a freeze on Rey's contract? I believe they did, yeah. So there may be a freeze on Roman Reigns' contract right now, which means that, you know, it'll continue um when he comes back but you know i i would think that wwe is probably paying him while he's you know out as well but uh, you know workers comp could be picking up part of this too i i don't think they'll leave him high and dry he's such a high profile star and this has been such a public thing and he's gonna remember he's still part of the wwe family he's gonna use this as a like kind of a public service thing to go and and speak out against this it's good publicity and you know stephanie eats that stuff oh up these yeah days. So they're going to probably take care of Roman Reigns. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And you know what? Kudos to everybody out there. You know, I was a, I was not a supporter of Roman Reigns, the wrestler. I did not like his work. I'm not a fan of his work. I, I literally would go in the other room. I would listen to see if there's anything noteworthy. And but I just was never, a, never a fan of his work. Um, but. A lot of people that were in that same boat with me when it came to real life and a real, you know, situation, everybody for the most part in unison wished the guy well. And looking back on that, that was very, very cool amongst the wrestling community to do that. It was. It was I mean, it seems weird to say this, but I'm saying it 
realize how I'm saying it. It was a highlight in a way of the year and of this man's career because all those he turned it around in one real promo of Joe Annoy and people were like, wait a second. Well, I like Joe Annoy. I don't like Roman Reigns. And I can actually like this guy if he comes back and he's real like this again. And they turn. I, I mean, it was really amazing. It was quite an interesting. It was quite a thing to watch. It'll be, you know, when you're doing the highlight reel, it's not something you want to look back and go, oh, Roman Reigns now has cancer. But it was a real turnaround point, a real human interest story that's uh, definitely uh, one for the history books. Yeah. And you know what? Stell and everyone else that, you know, sent me some info and also, you know, just praise and props last week. Thank you, everybody, who absolutely enjoyed the discussion last week about Saudi Arabia and Manchester United and all the business stuff going on and the financial stuff. I was I'm not going to lie. I expected a lot of people to comment back with just one letter Z's that they were just bored as fuck. But I am shocked at the amount of positive feedback from everybody that just absolutely enjoyed that. That was just awesome. Yeah, it made me feel good because, you know, it just things like that make all the research worth it and everything. Of course. Um, Let's get back to Raw a little bit because we didn't talk all that much. You know what? It was cool. Brock Lesnar just won the title. So you've, you know, you've, Obviously, common sense. Raw opens up with, you know, the Beast Incarnate, you know, back with the title. Paul Heyman saying, you know, don't say I told you so, but I told you so. No, that didn't happen. Um, No no Brock Lesnar. And everyone, stop with the he's lazy, he don't work, it's back to this is WWE. He doesn't fucking say, no, nah, man, I'm fucking staying home. I'm not going overseas. Are you fucking crazy? No, I'm, I'm going to stay home. This is WWE's contract. You don't like it that he doesn't open up Raw today. He's not on Raw at all. You don't like it that he's the champion and he's just not making appearances. Get mad at WWE. You don't fucking get mad at him. He is not acting lazy. He is not staying home. I keep reading that stuff, and I'm like, what What, what happened? I mean, you know. Well, all- even, even, I'm sorry, DT, to interrupt you. No, even, okay. Seth, even Seth said in his promo, Brock's not here. Surprise, surprise. What a shocker. That's you know, WWE's like, fault. That's not no, Brock Lesnar. And also, there's still... They're still reeling, I think, a little bit from two weeks ago's announcement. They're still playing catch up to how they're going to handle this in the future with Brock with the title now. Now, you know, things are going to change. And I think still think they don't have a game plan. Some people think the writing is on the wall that Drew McIntyre is going to win this belt somewhere down the line. I don't know who's winning it. Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre. And quite honestly, after tonight, let's let's all you know, fucking admit something. Elias is fucking money and over like a motherfucker. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, this guy could be, this guy is something special. And I saw a trending where people were even saying, you know, wow, when was the last time someone was organically, someone who came up from NXT, is this over and isn't decorated in championships? Finn I Balor. Mean, this guy, uh, I mean, yeah, but, uh, you know, he has the grandiose entrance. I mean, Elias just goes out there and sits on a thing and plays guitar and insults the audience. It's, it's a real connection that he has 
you know, without a grandiose entrance or any kind of, you know, stage lights and everything. It's real basic, uh, like down and dirty stuff, but only very few can pull it off. You couldn't have just put that gimmick on anybody. But uh, again, tonight, and it's not just in the UK, I think it's everywhere. I think to discount this guy as a major player would be the same guys who discounted Mick Foley as winning the world title at some point because he was so over as a character. I think he, I think he's going to be a factor I don't just see in a continental title. I mean, if this guy continues on this pace, because everyone's saying Drew McIntyre, but I still am not seeing the, the audience connection with Drew McIntyre. I think he's still got a ways to go as well. Uh, you know, you know, uh, well, as, as far as Elias, look, I've been fan since day one, just Me like too. you, uh, just like you. And um, it's really, really cool to see. Let's just give it some time and let's see if WWE really allows this to build up because, you know, I just think about how they use Braun Strowman the last two years. And I remember he was on pretty damn good momentum a year and a half ago. And the crowd was eating it up. The crowd was behind him. The crowd loved it. And then all of a sudden, one day, just like all of you, I hate Roman Reigns. And it's like, why are you forcing these fucking promos? And they just totally did a, swir- you know, like a 180 right. with it. And... I got to see WWE allow this to go a little bit further. I'm not saying oh, yeah. one or two oh, yeah. weeks. I mean, let's see a month or two. Where, oh, that's what know. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about rushing it, but I like the, the, the moment. And he's a good guy now. He's definitely a baby face. If tonight, it, he's a baby face. It's not even, he's not a gray area. He is a baby face. Mm-hmm. You know, as sure as Rick Steamboat was a baby face. He's a baby face. So that's the whole thing. But they're not making him change that much other than just shifting it of how he he, he he cuts his promos and he's snarky sure. and his comments that he makes. So he's still letting him be himself. They're not, he's not kissing babies now and going to ringside and, and putting his scarf around the child. He's not doing Speaking of that, DT, can we just segue? What do you think about Ruby breaking the glass? And listen, I feel bad about Jim and everything, but Natty's acting and the spittle on her lip and stuff when Ruby broke the glasses tonight. Did you see that? First of uh, all, I was just like, oh. First of all, yeah. you, you know, why would you bring your fucking father's glasses to to a public wrestling event? That should be in a fucking glass case. And I'm saying in storyline, that should be in a glass case. And and you know what? If you want to pay tribute to your father, common sense would be get replicas. You don't leave the fuck, take the fucking real thing with you. I'm I'm talking storyline. Right, 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 right. I mean, honestly, the fact that in storyline you take real glasses and you bring them on a tour where you're fighting heels and you leave it at ringside. They deserve to be broken and stepped on. And you know what, Natty, if they were real, I have, you know, for a future patron prize to give away, I have a pair of Jim the Anvil glasses. Oh, you you do? Yes, 700 bucks. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, they were going to be put up at a value of about 150, but 700 bucks. I, I didn't really give a shit about it. It reminded me of Vince McMahon when they set the teddy bear on fire and, oh, or, yeah. you know, when you had Georgie Animal Steel with mine, I mean, I just she brings sunglasses. Good, I would have stepped on them too. Well, I think I, I think Ruby did it out of frustration because Good. she's t- tired of wrestling the same people week after week. After <laughs> We're tired of watching it. My, my God, how many times? I think someone did a count. Was We're tired 13, of watching it. Thirteen times they've met in the last fifteen weeks. Yeah. I mean, something like that. I mean, it's unbelievable. Someone said, "Are there any other opponents for these girls?" Well, look, when they hyped up Evolution, I said the don't 
call it a Raw match match because I, I pointed out over half of the matches that Bailey has had and some and the Riot Squad for this year, so especially since WrestleMania has been against each other. I mean, over half. It's just we're sick of it. And the funny thing is, is WWE just had a poll that they sent to you know you, me, and others privately, saying you're like, what? Why don't you like Raw and stuff like that? And one of the choices was we see the same fucking goddamn matches every week, and yeah. it's like, come on, man. I mean, I we remember how we used to get totally pissed off at Sheamus versus Randy Orton every week. This yeah, is worse. Yeah, this is worse. This you're is worse. Right. So I don't know, man. We'll, we'll but, I, but I'll tell you this. I, I, I think a lot of people said you walked away from that thinking Ruby was cool and you didn't sympathize with Natty. I mean, we didn't even think about, it. oh, Jim passed away a few months ago. You just thought about the Natty's bad acting and the spittle that was all over her lips. I was just like, oh, because yeah. they, fr- they froze that. And I'm just like, I don't want to see that. She should have fucking <laughs> stepped on the, the cat fucking the cat ears and shit like <laughs> she, that, too. Seriously. She, she, she should have. But, I, you know, again, I think that put Ruby Riot over more than made a sympathy play for yeah, uh, yeah. Natty. That backfired. I think it yeah. made the Riot Squad look cool. Want to impress me? Tear up the fucking anvil jacket. You ain't making replicas oh, of that. Oh, God, that's terrible. Seriously. I mean, what do you think? They took replicas of... They they fucking looked at some Chinese store online for $1.99. Let's try to find the closest replica we have of anvil's glasses. And we'll see if she came out with those glasses. So you find a replica, you put it out there. But they ain't making ref, replicas of the anvil's jacket. So tear that's that true. shit up. And then, you know, I'll be a little bit impressed. There you go. I don't really want it torn up. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm, I was a fan of Anvil, so not a big fan, but, you know. I was I a mean, fan of Hard Foundation, not yeah. Jim individually, yeah. Look, and, you know, the, the, the final years of his life, you know, you saw a little bit with him in, in segments. I mean, he yeah. had health issues. There's no mm-hmm. denying that. And, um, you know, it's he was taken way too soon. Very sad. It was. Well, what do you think about them incorporating this for Natty, just the thing to get Natty over? Or, I mean, it didn't do anything anyway. No, it's not going to do anything. I mean, honestly, when AOP won the tag titles day, I'm sorry, you look at that crowd and there was people that actually were polite claps going like this. Yeah, it's true. Not even like popping. I mean, you know, okay, they won the tag titles. This is supposed to give AOP a little rub and at the same time further the storyline of D- mute Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And I'm sorry. It just, I understand they had to change things on the fly because of Roman Reigns' sudden illness returning. But my God, the last three weeks, that fucking storyline sucks. There yeah, has been no explanation. I mean, look, we're filling in our own blanks and we're trying to figure it out. But Dean Ambrose all of a sudden has become a fucking mute. And Seth Rollins now, for some reason, it's like, you know, his heart's been broken that Seth Rollins hits one move and Seth Rollins is acting like Dean Ambrose hits one move and Seth Rollins is walking around like he's crippled. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, you're right. For something that should have been so compelling, it's it's almost like an afterthought now. It's like, it's, horrible. Know, it's, it's it's horrible. It, they're not. There's nothing compelling about it. This could be a main thing, a, a segment, like in the old days where this took up a majority of the show. The way like a you know Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes took up an NWA two hours and half the show was them going at it in the studio and chasing each other out of the studio. And then this one cuts a 
promo and then they meet in the parking lot and they did that to a degree but it's almost like this is in the middle of the show it's not in the beginning or the end it, these are supposed to be top guys and they're not being treated like that dt i invite anybody i invite anybody to go back even if you want to go to revisionist history go back and look at the wwe uh top 10 that they put out very recently of the greatest betrayals of all time if you don't want to go by revisionist history, go and look at their top 10 from five years ago. Look at the YouTube videos of the top list of all time. Go check anywhere. And the one common denominator out of all of them is that every betrayal had an awesome promo following it up. Why the person turned, why they did this, or they cut a promo as they were turning. I mean, this is like... I mean, you look at the greatest betrayals in history and you show me f really one that the person just looks at the other person and just walks away. This isn't like Goldberg's debut against Hugh Morris where Mean Gene Oakland's like, sorry, sir, I need a little more than that because Goldberg looks and walks away. I mean, just Dean Ambrose turns on his partner. The great betrayal, a fucking awesome moment to the point that you had... People like Meltzer and others, and I totally respect their their, their opinions, but accusing WWE of, you know, uh, just taking Roman Reigns's, you know, illness and trying to sensationalize it or whatever they used that day that they thought it was disgusting to have uh, Dean Ambrose turn in the same day, and it should, I mean, th this affected emotions and sparked emotions like you wouldn't believe on both sides of that. We thought the term was awesome. Others thought it was in poor taste, but yeah. that night sparked so much fucking emotion on both sides. And how do you follow up with it? Nothing. 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 And we're going to have Survivor Series in two goddamn weeks. That's unbelievable. It's That's in two weeks. Yeah. And to ask in the chat, I'm such a mark. A mark of what? <laughs> mark what? Of what? <laughs> that, that I don't want fucking mutes. That, that I don't want somebody to turn heel and then have just totally. I mean, think about the creative writing of this. All right, Dean, you're going to have this really controversial turn, and for the next month, you're going to say nothing. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, come on, man. Did fucking some of these people we see from St. June's Hospital come up with better storylines like that on TV? This is fucking ridiculous, man. So as a wrestling fan and analyzing this, and remember, our shows are uh, opinion shows. We opine. I've been opining since 1997. These are not reporter shows. You know, this week, New Japan presented uh, Power Struggle, Super Junior Tag, 2008. Here are your results. I mean, we'll give results and news yeah. and stuff like that, but these are opinion shows. We yeah. opine. We're not reporters. It's discussion. Yeah. It's discussion. I mean, we break stuff here and there, but it's discussion. If, that, if you don't understand what our shows are about, then, you know, now you know. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, you know, talk about the future, and I was really impressed. I, I was, you know, I'm a fan, and I was happy to see the, you know, the reaction he got. Did you see Matt Riddle's uh, debut? Yeah, can on I NXT just TV? say one thing very quickly? To mm -hmm. ben, in the, ben in the chat, Ben from G-Town, it's pissing mm -hmm. people off more that Dean, mm -hmm. Dean Ambrose don't say anything. No, it's not pissing people off more. I'm sorry, Ben. I'll say it like this, and we'll move on. Um, I don't know anybody out there that wants to see Survivor Series more and see Seth Rollins beat the fuck out of Dean Ambrose because he's being a mute right now. All right, so when Jericho came back, 
several years ago, and he would just, all right, everybody, and then he would, he wouldn't say nothing. He would just have a, he would point the microphone to different areas of the crowd, and they would pop, and then he's about to talk, and he would just drop the mic and walk away, and he did this for like a month or so. Didn't say a word. That's trolling. What this is is just lazy writing. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, majority of people are not more inclined to, oh, man, oh, Seth, oh, just be, oh, man. No. And the more I'm seeing this fucking mute stuff and this fucking lazy writing, the less interested I am in this storyline. I agree. I agree. So Matt Riddle, as far as his debut, you know, I, 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 I he's very talented. He has definitely got that connection with yeah. the crowd. Yeah. But you know, I'm just saying it. The I, I said this before Rusev got injured, and it happened. And I'll say it with Matt Riddle, the guy. I know he doesn't wear shoes and all of that, but he is going to suffer an ankle or a leg injury, and WWE is going to force him to put boots on. Oh, I, I agree with you. Like I said, I mean, you know, I was researching, uh, you know, I've, I've learned well from you, DT. Uh, though I'm a huge Von Eric fan, I didn't really know when Kevin stopped wearing boots. And he just tried it one time in 1982. And I, I saw his first match, Kevin Von Eric Sands uh, wrestling boots. And he just got comfortable with it. And he just said there wasn't really a rhyme to reason of it. There was always a joke that somebody hid Kevin's boots and he had to go out and in uh, bare feet. But he just got comfortable with it and stuff. And everyone always asked him, did you have a foot injury? He said, not really. I mean, obviously, walking to the ring was a problem because there might be glass or particles on the floor. It was never an in-ring thing, but it was outside the ring. So I think, again, he wears flip-flops to the ring then takes them off so he's tri Kevin never did that Kevin walked literally barefoot down that Texas stadium with no shoes on Matt is wearing flip-flops and Matt does the thing also it's part of the gimmick where he jumps in the ring and kicks off the flip-flops so it's like part of the gimmick you're right DT if something happens they don't want to jeopardize this young talent they have probably long-term plans for him they don't want anything to happen to him but I'll say this and again and I heard Solomon to say it too I talked about it he reminds me so much of Kerry and Kevin Von Erich which is a good thing he's uh, he's got an infectious Whoa. look he's got an infectious personality he connects the, the kids seem to like him the bro thing writes itself when well, people chanting bro 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 just you know listen to be honest with you i i disagree with that totally because why because he's a white irish looking guy with bare feet that, no he no he but looks, i'm saying he, no no he, but the, he, he resembles the, he, no no he, their faces he, he, yeah but like just him. because you look the fucking queen movie's out and when I did blah 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 uh, last week, I said the one thing I'm 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 not gonna do is watch the movie simply because the guy, even though he's got a little bit too much buck teeth, the guy looks so much like Freddie Mercury. Just because he's a white, toned down, built Irish-looking guy with bare feet doesn't mean that he reminds me of Von oh, Erich. He wasn't Irish; he was German. No, but I'm just saying, like. I, the, the, the the Von Erics didn't go around and act like surfer dudes and bro because then uh, I could come uh, up with a couple of WCW rejects. No, that, no, no. They were very they were very stonerish. The Von Erics were stonerish. They they were airport. from the South stonerish. They weren't fucking Miami, Florida. Hey, dude, let's go on a fucking it's surfboard. A it's a different type of thing, but it, but it's also like I said, uh, the magnetic personality, kind of like the, the the smiling, the happy go lucky kind of thing. Yeah, it's 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 an attitude. You know, what I mean, yeah. it's it's not just a visual. 
it's an attitude as well. It's an aura that they have. And that's that it factor that Triple H talked about one time on a Von Eric documentary. It's an it factor that he has. And obviously, like I said, the bro thing kind of writes itself. He has his own look. He has his own style. Uh, how far will he go? Who knows? But then there was another guy who debuted who I wasn't that big on when I saw him at Ring of Honor, but I'm starting to see some something here with Punishment Martinez. He didn't debut on the NXT TV yet, but he debuted in an event um, uh, this past weekend. And he's got some. He's got the size. People compare him a little bit to The Undertaker, Judas Macias. Uh, who else they compare him to? Like the different kinds of characters. Some people say, oh, no, another Baron Corbin. I don't know about that. Mm-mm. I mean, I don't know about that no. yet because of the heavy metal thing and the, the you know. But uh, he's he's got, a, he's got a good look, too. I like this new class of 2018, as they're calling it, uh, with Chelsea Green. People who have been established in other parts of wrestling and impact and the independence, but are now being honed in NXT. Um, so I think the future looks bright for some of these people. I mean, with Chelsea, Punishment, Martinez, Matt Riddle, I, th- I think we, there's some good uh, upcoming talent. Yeah, you know, it's, absolutely. Uh, th- and and you, you need that, DT. Like, you're a big baseball fan. You need to replenish the, the farm system and, yeah. and have good upcomers, you know? Yeah. Um, for those asking here, uh, Punishment, Martinez lost to Nick Miller. Yeah, he lost, but yeah. like I said, he's guys. Again, it's not anything of oh no, um, not at all. Note, note, but he's got good size, and you know, and I think it's natural, DT, to people to compare people to people because that's that's always been a given in wrestling. The next this, the next Shawn Michaels, the next Undertaker, or or they resemble that. It's just a natural thing that wrestling fans do. Yeah, I I, I hear you. Um, shout out to some of our associate producers: Billy Taylor, Nickel Time, Hassano Hashmi. Brett Webster, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, out in the here, Anthony Smith, James Grusom, Mark Israel. Uh, I just lost my place. Jeffrey Collins, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Lucia Dalban, Mandingo Chamberlain. Shout out to all of you. Thank you, as always, for the support. They are truly the stockholders of what we do. Also, check out our sponsors, Texas Podcast Massacre. Great podcast. Always focusing on horror films, pop culture, uh, very unique podcast, Rock Reviews, another very unique podcast, and they, they focus on, you know, metal, I, I guess, grunge, and just all different types of... Yeah. Uh, I don't see them doing too much Al Jarreau, though. No, Al yeah, they should do a lot more Al Jarreau, I Yeah, I, I got to see a little bit <laughs> of uh, UTFO. I don't know if anybody remembers you. And, 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 and right now, half the chat room is like, who the hell is Al Jarreau? <laughs> yeah. Um, Sneaker Addict, DJ Dells, his sneaker podcast. It's a lot more than just sneakers, everybody. You can find him on YouTube under the name of Sneaker Addict. Elman Shah has a display store. It's pop culture artwork on metal. Really, really uh, talented guy. You can find the link on our website. Um, SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling, comic book, and pop culture collectible needs. To schmuck in the chat room, if it wasn't for them, you would not be listening to this for free right now. So fuck off. Uh, Christ in the Toyverse has a podcast as well. You could search under the name Undercover Capes. Uh, and Your Best Bargains LLC has an Amazon and an eBay store under the same names. And uh, a lot of diverse stuff. A little bit of collectibles mixed in as well. And uh, they got a great store too and by the way phil in the chat i agree with mish and a lot of other people i heard bohemian rhapsody sucked if you know a little bit and uh jude jenkins in the chat i'm not triggered when i'm done i take my ambient and i go to sleep and i'm just thankful that you all tune in we're all big one big happy gooey family over here and uh i truly appreciate every single person listening 
Boom Chakalak and others, I, I sometimes get a little bit crude and uh, rude, but don't take it personal. We're just having some fun and we're just talking, you know, whatever. Yeah, there you go. And uh, for those that don't realize that, you're probably fairly new to the shows. Probably. Yeah. And I don't take a lot of Ambien. I take it actually three times a week, sometimes four. I try not to take it too many days in a row because when you do take it, go a night without taking it, you get these weird fucking dreams, man. I was going to tell you, I can't take that. I get like, I already have uh, weird nightmares. It, like it only intensifies them. I have uh, a crazy thought process. Uh, when I'm even drifting off to sleep, I take Ambien. It just fucks me up. Yeah. No, I, Ambien helps me sleep without a doubt, but you get these vivid dreams. If you take it sure. too many times you go, it's good. Some of the dreams I got, man, are just fucked up. I mean, really fucked up. So I try not to take it more than two days straight, three at the most. So, And by the way, I usually take it on Sunday night, Monday night, Wednesday night, and Friday night. Usually those are the nights that I take it. So, Josh Wilson, Jason Pratt, Scott Woodford, CJ Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Murcombs Jr., Douglas McKay, Anna, I don't give a shit about your kids. Banana, Julian LeBlanc, Brandon Rice, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese of Rice, Spider Lewin, The Metaphysic Fox, Rob McCabe, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, Michael Cuomo. Those are associate producers as well. And thank you, as always, again, for your just your unwavering support of what we do. So appreciated. And mm -hmm. again, everyone out there, I don't think you really you realize what you're missing patreon.com slash don tony in addition to everything we said earlier you get ad free episodes of this show breakfast of blossy you get early releases of other shows and there's just so much going on over there as little as five bucks you get it all there you go got a question for you um mm -hmm. i don't know if you saw this i really did not want to bring it up okay but i thought about it and i'm like you know what i think it's it's appropriate we do all right I, I'm really interested to hear in your reaction with this. All right. Something happened over the weekend on Twitter. All right. Um, mm -hmm. Some guy by the name of Danny, and, mm -hmm. and I invite anybody listening. And if I say it too fast, just rewind this five seconds and you can, you know, write it down or type it in and go look at it. For those in the chat, I'm going to post the link right now. There's a guy on Twitter. His name is Danny. His screen name on Twitter is Danny eight four zero five seven four nine six. So everyone, <laughs> okay. did you? Did I don't know if you saw a picture no, of no, this guy. No, no, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to hear what you're going to tell right. me. I, I worked all weekend. I wasn't on Twitter all weekend. The guy huh? is, I would say, probably in his fifties, maybe sixties, sixty years old. He's got forty eight followers. The guy just looks like one of these weird, slow people, and he just writes like some really whacked out stuff. Nothing threatening, but you could tell that this guy is just a lonely guy, and he's got 48 followers, and he doesn't even write good English. Okay. So this is not someone with a big following. You're talking about an older guy, that, and he writes on Twitter, and I quote, WWE is bad company for ladies there make women dressed in clothes that make them look like whores. And this is not what need for WWE. We need women to respect their body. Oh, is that the, the uh, page thing? Yes. 
Okay, I did see it. I saw it today. Okay. okay. Yes, so the guy doesn't even speak good English or type. And she responded to it. And, and right, I'm getting to that. And, okay. you know, this guy is just like some nobody from the South that obviously has a couple of donut, donuts short of a dozen, doesn't even type good English, and writes something just dumb like that. So random. So, so random. random. And yeah. Paige goes back and writes wrong. We dress the way we want to dress. We aren't coerced or forced into dressing like anything other than what we feel comfortable, confident, and beautiful in. The men technically show more skin than the women. Does that make them whores or whatever? And my question to you is, you know, we didn't have internet in the early 90s. All right. But... You look at celebrities, performers, athletes, models, actors, actresses, and when you have success, you have a lot of people that will say nasty stuff about you. There's probably a million people that will call some, you know, beautiful model online because she's just got it and she shows it off. People call her a slut or right, stupid right. things like that. Is it just me? And I will make this perfectly clear. What this guy, Danny, said is wrong, whacked out. The guy fucking scares me. He looks like he's just like a, a, you know, like a crime waiting to happen. But is it just me? But was that just way stupid for Paige to uh, give this guy any type of acknowledgement? You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like... These days, like one remark, I mean, where where did the thin skin? I'm not. It's not right for anybody to say anything about that towards the women. Period. But what happened to thick skin? You know, like like there's millions of people that will say derogatory things about people, and some guy that has forty followers that's about sixty something years old that looks like there's something wrong with him. I mean, let's just say it. He doesn't even write proper English. And people in the chat room right now are just like baffled about this guy's profile. And yet Paige like acknowledges him. I, I just thought that was just really weird. Well, I can just even segue and I'll, I'll, I'll bounce back to this. Something happened like that today with a very known, uh, very smoking hot newscaster here in New York named Jennifer Lammers. Do you know who that is, DT? Yeah, sure. Channel 5 Gorgeous. I've yep. had social interactions with her. She's got a famous boyfriend who's a famous doctor on TV. Uh, she's a big dog, cat enthusiast, so she's a big animal rights person. So I've had interaction with her before for animal rights causes. Uh, she's very cool, very nice lady. Uh, you know, very you know conservative. So she wrote something today, just trying to get away from the the, the dialogue of the you know the the back and forth, the divisiveness with the voting tomorrow. And a guy attacked her on thing. But and you saw another guy, DT, with a number after his name. You know, that's always a giveaway for a trollish kind of thing. And she decided to post it and retweet and and answer it. And then a whole big thing came out of it. And I even said to her, I was like, Jen, why would you even respond to that? Like, what, what made you say there's something that struck in her? This guy, another guy, 38 friends or followers. And I had no idea why she would even take the time to do it. And it became a whole big thing for, for nothing other than something struck a chord, I guess, with her. And the same thing with Paige, where they saw that, and out of all the tweets they get, these women who have big male following, kids following, whatever, they're celebrities. And the same, you know, one in wrestling, one in news media. 
And for some reason, I don't know why. What what, what gets odd. gets in their head? Gets no. But for both of them, it was odd for Jennifer to do that as it was for Paige. What you can almost see, and you look at the profile. I'm sure they go to a DT. I'm sure they go to the profile, take a little quick glance. Who's this guy said that to me? And then they feel they have to respond to it. Even Jen's like, "Well, excuse me for trying to lighten up the mood," and she's like explaining, over explaining herself to this troll guy. And I'm like, "This is a smart woman. Why is she doing this? I didn't understand that. All the compliments and the nice." things people write to her she doesn't respond she chooses to respond to this and i felt the same way about Paige. so when i saw that today i thought about that so it's interesting you're bringing it up what struck in Paige to to respond to this particular guy that was completely broken english didn't make sense it was so random but yet and and then i think even a website picked up the story didn't it DT? sure sure a lot yes. of websites <laughs> yeah, picked, yeah, up, they on picked it. up the story exactly and, <laughs> and i'm looking at it and i'm saying to myself look at the guy Look at his English, look at his profile, and look at everything about him. That's someone you just ignore, block, mute, stay away. Yeah. And it was just really weird. And I don't know what that purpose was. Look, nobody should be calling them whores. But someone like something like that, that was just weird because you get thousands of people throwing hate people's way. And, you know, to 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 Go after that guy like that. It just, I don't know if it's a case that people are just not thin, thick skin like they used to be, or if they just look. Remember when I said a while back that if you notice, like, social justice warriors really don't go after, like, Mish, you, me, Joey, John to an extent. And I think that a <laughs> though, lot... Though my, though my brother's asking for it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But um, you said that, not me. But uh, uh, but social said- justice warriors, even in po- <laughs> politic land, political land, I think that they look very carefully at people, their profiles, what they say, what right. their previous... Before they launch an attack against people. I think some people stay clear away people that they know will fight back and fight back hard. And it's just really odd that I think sometimes, not just WWE women, or I'm not saying just them, but it's like people just pick a random person that you know has no fucking, no defense whatsoever. This guy can't even type proper sentences and you read what he said, you can't even make it out. They know his fucking brain will explode if he tries to type any type of logical response back. And not only that, and this is the thing too, if you look at that guy's profile and you look at his previous post and the things that he says, I'm just saying it. I'm not saying it to sound like an asshole. He looks like he's mentally retarded, okay? Why would you, as offensive of what he said is, why knowing that Paige and others have tens and hundreds of thousands of fans, why would you acknowledge that guy? Because you know that the people who are really hardcore fans of the women and Paige and Sheevan, I think, hashtagged someone else, like they're all going to go after this guy. Who the fuck you calling whores? This guy could fucking have a nervous breakdown of fucking you know what i'm saying like this guy just looks like just some whacked out slow person and it's like i don't know if this guy can handle a mob 
going after him. I don't know why this person caught their attention like that. Well, again, uh, I, like I said, bringing it back to what happened with Jennifer Lamas, it was the same thing. It was a guy who was claiming to be such and such. But again, the numbers, the massive amounts of numbers after a nickname that's totally made up, you can tell it's kind of a trollish account. It might be a real person, might be some basement dweller or some you know, shut-in or something. Uh, you really don't know. But I, I don't think it's like where Paige or a Jennifer or any of these people say, oh, this is a guy who's not going to give me trouble because I'll just have all my fan base go after him. I think it's just something that strikes a chord. Maybe the whore thing struck a chord with Paige where he, uh, Jennifer was maybe called stupid, I think, by this guy. And that's, eh, there you call me that. And I think it's just something that's maybe one word thing that, that caught them and says, oh, this guy's going to say A lot of people me. have called Paige that in the past, especially. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no, I, the- I, I agree, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's a thing of an, like an easy target on their part i i think it's maybe page or these other people whether it's political or whether it's questioning you know being anti-woman or whatever or or questioning how well woman dresses or an intelligence level or, or whatever i think they're saying you know what i get this throughout the whole day this is indicative this kind of shit is i'm just gonna put this is the guy this is the one i'm going with because i get this all the time and i'm just gonna put this out there and show people what i gotta go through on my fucking social media maybe it's something like that you know maybe it's just he was the unlucky number so to speak and listen you want a reaction, you got it. Be careful what you wish for, right, DT? Sometimes when you're writing these people, I mean, listen, you've gotten replies from people I'm sure you were maybe shocked to. I, I've said some stuff to certain people, celebrities, never heard peep from. Occasionally I'll hear something back from, and I don't know what's going to be said to me. I, I mean, I go after Tom Arnold all the time because I just think he's a douchebag, and I he's never said two words to me, but I'm always prepared for him. Like, I wonder if he replies to me what he would say, but not not as like some thing to get myself over. I'm just getting something off my I'm just, you know, some of this shit that you read, it just makes you say, you know what? I'm going to reply to that because that's bullshit what he just said. Um, I guess it's you're just the unlucky number or you're the lucky number that yeah, day. That was just you know this I mean? was a whole that was just weird. Yeah, it was it was weird. But again, uh, you know, that's you're right. It's an easy target. And of course, how many white knights came out to do oh, it? Page DT was insurmountable, well, right? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, the guy deserved it, but it was just like that did i mean you just look at his page for about 30 you know pun intended look at his page for 30 seconds and you realize okay this is a guy that that doesn't have all of his marbles there all right just chalk it as a 60 year old mentally unstable person you know almost like a forest gump and you move on and to just fucking acknowledge it the way it did it i'm telling you anybody out there please i mean everyone in the chat room saying the same thing this guy just looked like a really whacked out, creepy older man. And it's like, why would you even put any attention? I just, that was just weird, man. Did like, he say anything back to her beyond that? I didn't that? see anything. No, I didn't see anything. <laughs> Same thing with uh, Jennifer Lomas. I don't think the guy even said anything after that because so many people came to her rescue. It just almost got ridiculous. And it's just, I, I don't know if the, the women wind up saying, ah, I'm almost like a day later, like, ah, I'm kind of sorry I put that, put that out there. But maybe again, DT, it's just that person is the, the guy, so to speak, who's just going to get called out that day. It's just an unlucky draw number. Yep. yep. Um, we're almost done, everyone. Uh in the department, once again, of these places that, you know, just making up awards as they go along. You know, look, it's a worthy cause, but again, this is a new, once again, a new award. I'm telling you, everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a, a now everybody gets a record. Everybody gets an award. 
um, Stephanie McMahon was awarded the first ever Wish Spirit Award. And this has to do with the Make-A-Wish in Connecticut and stuff like that. I mean, look, kudos for her for getting the award. But again, it just feels like all these organizations are creating like all of these awards. And I don't know. Everybody gets an award. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> listen, there's no doubt that WWE is doing a lot. But, uh, you know, again, I think we all have this. And I, I don't I'm not, you know, Stephanie McMahon's interesting to me she's she's genuine and disingenuous at the same time you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's sure she, she she's she flip-flops on both sides of the fence for me and i'm not talking about from a character standpoint i'm talking about stephanie mcmahon herself she she seems genuine and our love for these things but there's that other side that seems like a little bit too much but uh it's a to listen they're all for good causes it I mean, reminds me of rick flair's promo when the horsemen reunited in nitro and when he was in the ring and he was talking about Bischoff, and he was talking about, I think it was Arn Anderson and passing the torch, and he brought up how Bischoff said, God, it's that's great TV, and Ric Flair got pissed off, and he's like, that was real, damn it. It, it. it makes me feel like Stephanie is similar to Bischoff at that time, meaning like Stephanie, I think, genuinely like wants these good things to happen and wants the women to be 50 50 and stuff like that but i think she sees a mile away god that's great tv god that'll look good under my my resume god that'll look good under my bio so i think like you said you know, like her her motives are genuine but she also will take that that genuine uh, aspect to it and like you know, like with the idea, like, oh yeah, that's that's something that, yeah, that's that's really gonna make me look good. And, you know, maybe that's a normal human, uh, you know, feeling to have, but yeah. you know, it just seems like it happens a lot with her. Uh, DT, one thing I wanted to address, and because a couple of people asked me and they want to ask your opinion of it, uh, with certain guys not resigning, and I know what you're probably gonna say, we. It's it's fan wishful thinking. They're thinking of an uh, uh, like the radicals back in the day with Hangman Hangman uh, Adam Hangman Page hasn't resigned with Ring of Honor as the Young Bucks too and whatever. Do you think the Young Bucks Adam uh, Pay uh, Cody all are going to come over in this big cluster in the new year and appear in the Royal Rumble at WrestleMania? You think all these Never guys know. are are headed to the WWE together as a package. Never I just know. Don't, I, you, you see WWE doing something like that, though, bringing everybody in as a group? You know, look, I, I, I say it like this, you know, and this is not to disrespect any of those guys. All In was, was a huge success, all right? But I remember the Ring of Honor event that happened after that, and they drew fucking flies. Right. And then I remember another event recently that they really did not draw that that good at all and you know i think wwe and i i've said this before also i don't think people understand how many people actually watch nxt you'd be surprised how low that number actually is sure. my point is is that you know they're not um they're not blowing up the box office as far as ticket sales go. And yes, Bullet Club has a huge following online. And these Young guys Bucks, yeah. are really, really talented. And talented is the most important thing here. They're very talented. 
They're very good at what they do. They still have many years left in their career, and they definitely would be a huge asset for WWE. But as far as the WWE universe, like if they were sitting at ringside or they showed up, maybe in an NXT crowd, you would hear the crowd go, holy shit. But as far as a regular Raw or SmackDown, I don't know if the crowd would go bananas and say, holy shit, holy shit. I don't know to what extent, unless the only time I could see that as a possibility is the night after WrestleMania. Because the night after WrestleMania is the hardcore of the hardcore fans. And if you do it the night after WrestleMania, that's where you probably have the most fans that even if they're not big fans of Bullet Club, even if they're not big fans of the Young Bucks or anyone else, they would still chant holy shit because something that they didn't think would be a reality is now a reality. And not only that, they're live and in person and witnessing this. So even if it's somebody you really don't give two shits about, if it's really important and it's really um in you know like done well <coughs> mm-hmm. i think people would just pop just for the entertainment aspect more than anything else so yeah it's possible but it's wishful thinking i mean we said it right after all in that once it dies down and it seems like it gets you know like nobody's really bringing it up somebody will come out in a random interview and say yeah we're thinking about all in too then boom everybody holy shit all in too can't wait can't wait oh my god it's gonna happen and then when that dies down one of them will come out and say yeah we're scouting out venues we're thinking and then it may actually happen but the point is is that right now they just want to generate as much attention and buzz as possible and this is wishful thinking amongst fans more than anything else could it happen absolutely because they are definitely talented and they perform very very well in the ring takes two to tango who they feud with would be very interesting and WWE has enough people on the roster that they could have really good feuds with but right now it's wishful thinking amongst fans and anything else yeah because they're just saying oh they these guys didn't resign and this guy didn't resign and Kenny Omega has no plans for 2019 that are solid yet like this can all be a big thing where they're gonna co-join and come in together yeah it's great like the radicals did but the difference I think also is the radicals you know Eddie Guerrero was on a very watched you know national TV program that was available for everybody to see everybody kind of knew listen Perry Saturn to a degree was not that known Dean Malenko they were known from being in WCW Guerrero and Benoit of course were the two big stars there it's a little bit different now you know it's you have to really be in the know to know who uh, you know Hangman Page is and stuff he's not a mainstream star like Eddie Guerrero Chris Benoit was when they came in as the radicals you know yeah I mean you know I I agree I mean but uh, let's put it this way if you go back to the mid 90s or even the late 90s with Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero from AAA, you know, to from ECW, to yeah. ECW, to WCW, to international. I mean, they were all featured all over the magazines. And yes, Bullet Club is featured all over the magazines as well. But it's, you know, they, a lot of people forget that, you know, some of them work TNA as well. They're not. Yeah you know, just people who have just worked indies in Japan. I mean, they have been on TV as well. And, you know, again, they're not blowing up the box office right now. So could they be big time stars in WWE? Absolutely. But going in other than the night after WrestleMania, I don't think, you know, as many fans are going to make a big deal about it than is perceived if you, you know, then people think online. 
We'll see what happens. So right you now, it's wishful more, thinking. That's all yeah, it is. And if it was to happen, Royal Rumble wouldn't make sense. It would make more sense for after WrestleMania. Yeah, the night after WrestleMania for me. Yeah, then have one of these guys, maybe two of them, come out as no, entries in the Royal Rumble. I would never do that. Wouldn't waste that. Okay, never do that. I mean, it you would. It, it wouldn't. It would just be so random. And I, you know, if you're gonna bring them all in at the same time, faction night after WrestleMania, that's have where you attack get, somebody. Yeah, have them come in. That's where somebody. you get. Look, I still want to see EC3 on the main roster, and that may not happen until the night after WrestleMania. Also, maybe he'll be in yep. the Royal Rumble too. But um, no, that that would be pun intended. The biggest impact is by having them come out the night after WrestleMania. That's true. You're right. Yeah. So before we go, um, mm -hmm. just very quickly, New Japan, as I said earlier, had their power struggle Super Junior Tag League uh, event a um, couple of days ago. Just uh, quick results because Chris Jericho was in the main event. And uh, if people haven't seen, you go on his social media pages. He's got photos of uh, some pretty uh, nice little bruises, he's, marks he's got on his back, on his arm. Yeah. yeah, he was beat up pretty good. He retained the, I, the IWGP IC title, uh, defeating uh, Evil Sonata, 21 minutes. Tetsuya Naito over Zack Sabre. Uh, Tomo, Tomohiro Ishii over Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Ishii retains the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship. For the Never Openweight Championship, Hiroki Goto uh, won the title, defeating Taichi. Uh, Super Junior Tag League, uh, Rapanji 3K over Suzuki Gun and Los in Gornables. I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm really like, uh, what's the right word? Um, I'm my mouth is completely dry. I'm like mumbling over my words over. I got cotton sorry. mouth right now. Yeah, cotton I, mouth. Yeah. Golden lovers over Hiroshi Tanahashi and, and David Finley. Uh, chaos, chaos over Bullet Club OG. Uh, Bullet Club OG Tamatonga Tangaloa Robbie Eagles over GB, GBH. And eight man tag match: Rizuki, Taguchi, Chris Sabin, ACH, and Toa uh, Hanari. Over Jushin Thunderlager, Tiger Mask 4, Volador Jr., and El Soberano Jr. There you go. Got yeah, Cottonmouth Don. That's I have so much mm, Cottonmouth cotton right now, you have no idea. I have a core water in front of me, and I finished that shit about half an hour ago. Oh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go uh, take an Ambien and down it with a fucking big bottle of water. So <clears throat> There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, pleasure as always, and um, I will definitely talk to you on Thursday for Castle Chronicles on Patreon. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, again, everyone on Patreon in about two weeks, we're going to be doing that uh, special holiday episode, which will be a lot of fun. So, Kev, I'll talk to you on Thursday. Yes, sir. Everyone else, see you Thursday for the Chronicles, Patreons, all you other civilians. Catch you next Monday on DTKC. Take it easy. Peace. Later. Peace. All right, everyone. And I didn't cut him off. I just did that because I don't want to hear that goofy, disconnecting uh, Skype sound that they do. So for everybody listening live, stay tuned. Got some bonus audio for you momentarily. Everyone else. Oh, I have to mention this quickly. Um, shout out to everybody who brought this to my attention. And I am really, really sorry. Yes, I apologize for not mentioning this last week. When I... Um, posted last week when we talked about the packages for the Q&A for The Undertaker. I only talked about the premium packages, you know, which were really astronomical in price, but I never mentioned the general admission price. 
So a bunch of people brought to my attention. Um, by the way, uh, King is asking me, am I joining Spotify? Uh, the announcement that's coming in December, uh, you will find out in December, but I will tell you it has nothing to do with Spotify. And we're already on Spotify, by the way. We've been on there for a while now. Um, but getting back to what I was saying about The Undertaker, last week we were talking about the packages but we never brought up the general admission. And the general admission, from what I understand, is about $45, which really is not all that bad. And, you know, un unfortunately, these things sold out pretty quickly. Somebody's saying that the, all these VIP packages sold out as well. I tell you, if he sold all those packages out, God bless him. That is fucking awesome. Me, myself, longtime wrestling fan, there's not many wrestling wrestlers that I would, between me and my girl, pay $1,000 or $1,500 just to get a picture, get a generic poster, sit front row or second row. I mean, what is he going to do? Point at me and wave? You know, I mean, look, my personal opinion, it's cool to sit front row. You know, I sat front row for Andrew Dice Clay back in 1990, loved it. I had to sit front row for fucking Paula Abdul and color me bad, I think around 1990 or 1991 also. I did it for my girlfriend. It was Valentine's Day. I hated it. Sitting front row is cool. But when it comes to The Undertaker, whether you sit front row or you sit fourth row, fourth row is not a bad seat. And if you are allowed to have your phones on, which I doubt that they would allow, you know, there's something called a Zoom so you could zoom in and record all you want. So me, I think it would be nuts to spend that kind of money just to sit front row. Why? Because The Undertaker is going to go wave at you. So, but again, general admission, it was not too bad. I think $45 approximately. It could be off a little bit. That's pretty reasonable. That, no problem. You don't get nothing out of it other than a Q&A, but you know what? I think that would be pretty cool. So anyway, everyone... Thank you for the support as always. Once again, for those listening live, stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD, the website DonTony.com. Email me DonTony at DonTony.com, Facebook.com slash DTKC show, Patreon.com slash DonTony. Couple of programming notes. Um, as I said, blah, 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 will be posted on Patreon this Wednesday. Thursday, you have Castle Chronicles. Um... This Saturday will be the next This Week in Wrestling History. It'll be posted early for patrons. And Survivor Series, yes, we will be doing a recap, absolutely. Even though I may not be on for Monday, the 19th of November, uh, I will definitely be doing a recap the day before for Survivor Series. So look out for that. Shout out to Mish, as always. Uh, much love and respect for that guy. Patreon.com slash Wrestling Soup. They got an awesome Patreon as well. As I said, $5 on Soup, $5 on us. You will have a tremendous amount of content and you will have shows that are completely different than what we do on Mondays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. So, and by the way, you can catch them Thursday live, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. And that's it, everybody. I'm out of here. Be well, and I will catch you all soon. Ciao. 
support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. 